Hello and welcome to Baylor Connections, a conversation series with the people shaping our future. Each week we go in-depth with Baylor leaders, professors, and more discussing important topics in higher education, research, and student life. I'm Derek Smith, and today on the program we are talking about Baylor's strategic plan. This fall, Baylor is taking steps to shape the next strategic plan for the university. Baylor's approaching the end of Illuminate, the strategic plan that's guided Baylor since 2018. In that time period, the university has achieved R1 research recognition, completed and eclipsed the goals of the Give Light campaign, funded 22 endowed faculty positions, and much more. Baylor will now develop the next strategic plan to build on the university's historic Christian mission and continue that momentum. This spring, President Livingstone named today's guests as co-chairs of a strategic planning group that will guide the Baylor family through the year-long university-wide process. Our guests today are Provost Nancy Brickhouse and Chief of Staff Tiffany Hogue. They'll serve in this role as co-chairs, working with a diverse group of faculty, staff, and students. In the months ahead, they will listen and interact with Baylor family members throughout the university to think more broadly about Baylor's future. It's a busy time. It's an exciting time. And this is an exciting process to begin. And Dr. Brickhouse and Tiffany, really appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Thank you, Derek. We're glad to be here. Wonderful to have you here. Well, it's a uh, it's a monumental undertaking that you all are uh, about to uh, begin. Multifaceted topic of conversation as, as well. So let's start off with something I hope is simple. And Dr. Brickhouse, I'll start with you. Uh, what excites or intrigues you uh, most about beginning this process? So I think the thing that's really exciting about working on a strategic plan is it gives you the opportunity to kind of step back and look at both what the work that you've been doing and the future directions of the university. So much of what we do on an everyday basis is just execute, 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 execute on the strategic plan. And what it really does is it gives you an opportunity to step back and look at where were our successes and failures in the prior strategic plan, and how does that inform how we're going to move forward, as well as how has the environment changed since the last plan was written. Uh, you know, what are the external factors that, that, that have an impact on what Baylor should, the work that Baylor should be doing? And so, you know, it, 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 it's just a great time to, I, I, I like kind of the big picture stuff, and it gives you an opportunity to stand back and look at the university as a whole and look at how the different parts connect to one another and what that means in terms of our, our steps forward uh, over the next, you know, five or so years. What about you, Tiffany? Oh, I would echo everything Provost Brickhouse said and add, we are doing a series of listening sessions this fall. We will have more than 90 listening sessions wow. that will conclude by November 3rd. And we've invited every faculty member, every staff member, every student, and a number of external groups to share their ideas on Baylor's strategic priorities for the next few years. And we have had some really nice feedback from those sessions. When people leave the sessions, they say, thank you. It means a lot that you wanted to hear my ideas. And we do need to hear them. So it's just really wonderful to be a part of this process. Going to hear a lot of interesting things. And, of course, a lot of great people in the Baylor family to interact with as well. And Dr. Brickhouse, you know, every strategic plan is, is distinct in its own way, but what are some of the key structural pieces that each one contains, and maybe particularly for people who have paid attention to Illuminate? You know, they can see some of that as we move into this one. So uh, you're absolutely correct that uh, strategic plans vary a lot, depending on what it is you, you want to achieve. But I think one of the things that's, that you'll see in every strategic plan is 
as a statement of mission. Uh, and when we started this process, we, we looked at our missions, mission statement and actually decided we want to keep it, that it does pretty well describe who it is we are and, um, and who we aspire to be. And so, uh, so every strategic plan is really fundamentally about how do you execute on your mission. And so, um, you know, that, I think that that, um, you know, most strategic plans will describe particular actions that you want to take over the next five years. A lot of the times it will be metrics. But the one thing that I guess they all have in common is some sort of a statement about mission. That's great. And I mentioned, I failed to mention this at the top of the show. I know there's a timeline that you all are working on as you think about the Board of Regents meeting uh, next next spring in May of, of 2024 that is sort of a, uh, what, a hard deadline, if you will, on, on a lot of this. So a lot of what you're describing, these things will take place over, over time over these next few months. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Tiffany, as we mentioned, Illuminate, I think listeners to this program are really likely familiar with it. Uh, we, we could list a, a rundown of uh, great successes that the university's enjoyed uh, over the last five years or so. So as we embark on a new strategic plan, how does it sort of consider the successes of, of past plans while charting that course forward? Sure. That's a great question, Derek. Our next strategic plan will certainly build on the many successes of Illuminate and, frankly, on the two plans that preceded Illuminate, which were Profuturus and Baylor 2012. Each of these three plans have helped position Baylor to be a preeminent research university with a Christian mission, and we would not have achieved our R1 status without the big goals articulated in each of those three plans. So our new plan will build on the successes of Illuminate and will remain committed to the four pillars that we articulated in Illuminate, which would be uh, maintaining faithfulness to our Christian mission, uh, remaining committed to transformational undergraduate education, uh, continuing to uh, build on our R1 status and uh, devote resources to our uh, research and scholarship done by our faculty, as well as uh, continue uh, to perform in nationally recognized programs in human performance through arts and athletics. You just mentioned those uh, the, those four. I don't know if those are what you call them, uh, pillars or guides. But I think sometimes people wonder, well, when there's a new when there's a, a new strategic plan, is that a new direction? Is that a new so? So what you're saying is these are these guidelines that make sure that it's a path forward, but not a new direction. That's exactly right. So those are the four pillars that will not change with our next strategic plan. Any initiatives that come out of our new plan will enhance the four pillars I just named. That's wonderful. As we visit with Tiffany Hogue and Dr. Nancy Brickhouse here on Baylor Connections. And, you know, Dr. Brickhouse, I mentioned uh, some of those successes at the top of the program, R1 research recognition, uh, give light. I mean, those are two things that really in a lot of ways sort of speak for themselves. But are there other successes or are there just aspects of that success as we begin this strategic plan process that you'd like to elaborate more on? Well, so I do think that uh, perhaps the, the big achievement that people will point to in terms of Illuminate was the achievement of R1 status. However, I also want to point out it's never explicitly called out in Illuminate. Uh, it was, what Illuminate did was express ways in which we could move forward in terms of research and graduate education. 
And President Livingstone has always been very consistent in using very aspirational language in terms of what we wanted to achieve in terms of research and scholarship. And it just became apparent that that was a metric we wanted to achieve because it's an external metric. It's not something that we can just claim. It's something that, that is recognized by an external organization that, yes, you have achieved this high level of research and scholarship that puts you in top-tier universities across the country. Um, and I also think that uh, you mentioned the campaign. I think the fact that Illuminate was so aspirational was one of the ways that made it possible for us to achieve a $1.3 billion and counting uh, campaign was that it inspired our donors to come alongside us because they wanted us, they were, it's a way for them to root for us in very tangible, in very tangible ways. Um, it was a success of the campaign that then in turn enabled us to um, find uh, interested donors for, you know, 24 uh, endowed chairs and counting, um, which then again drives that research engine uh, that will enable us to continue to elevate what we're doing in the way of uh, both research as well as in terms of education. So, you know, it, it, it's, a, it, it's a loop that kind of feeds on each other. Uh, and I hope that we can do this again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, I feel like uh, what was done with Illuminate, and I have to also point out, um, Tiffany's being very modest, but she was part of the Pro Futurus, which laid the groundwork that uh, provided us to have the celebrations today that we're having uh, around uh, our academic achievements. Uh, those achievements really accumulated over a decade, not over just a few years. Compound interest almost in a lot of ways. You can't right. reach for R1 right. after 2018 without that work that That's was right. done then beforehand. That's right. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for your kind words. I would add uh, one of the successes that has been meaningful for me has been to learn of the stories of Christian faculty around the country mm -hmm. who are now keenly interested in what we are doing at Baylor because of our R1 status. Mm -hmm. That has brought us to new conversations that are really exciting for us. These are very um, faithful Christians who are also preeminent scholars in their field, and Baylor is interesting, them to, interesting to those scholars in ways that it may not have been a few years ago. It used to be the case that Christian scholars would have to choose between being at a Christian school and being at a school that can support their research aspirations. And the real power of Baylor is that they no longer have to make that choice. That's great. And you mentioned the 24 endowed chairs. There's great new positions. And there's even beyond that, a lot of positions that have been open and filled by great people. Here Absolutely. It's not just the endowed chairs. Even at, the, at all levels, we're hiring really, really well. In terms of uh, in terms of our faculty, and that's because of the faculty that we have here, uh, that are able to recruit them and attract them. Talent attracts talent. Absolutely. This is Baylor Connections. We are visiting with Baylor University Provost Dr. Nancy Brickhouse and Chief of Staff Tiffany Hogue, talking about Baylor's process to shape the next strategic plan for the university. And I'm I'm curious. You're interacting with the Baylor family. You've started. There's plenty more to come. But are there common questions or, or thoughts you hear beyond those you've already mentioned? I think the most common one is, are we going in the same direction? That's the one that I hear a lot. I don't know about you, Tiffany. I would agree. 
So it's really delightful to assure them we are not deviating from the four pillars we articulated earlier. We are just uh, helping to bring our Baylor family together to talk about what our strategic priorities should be for the next five years that fit within those four pillars. You mentioned so many listening sessions. Obviously, that's part of the answer to this question, but uh, it's a pretty massive undertaking. So so I'm curious, as you as you uh, begin to undertake this, where do you begin? What are the uh, what are the places the levers that if you pull those first, it starts to open up the uh, open up the path where you want to go? Sure, I'll be glad to start there. Um, President Livingstone uh, named Provost Brickhouse and me as the chairs of our strategic planning group, and we have a wonderful group of faculty and staff and students who make up that group. So we couldn't do this massive work without the help of some terrific colleagues across campus. We have uh, our undergraduate student body president, the graduate student association president, so there are student voices at the table, uh, and we think that's very important. And we spent the summer planning the strategic planning process. So, of course, now we are well underway. We're about a third of the way done through these listening sessions. And then we have two other ways for folks to contribute their important ideas. Um, I'll name one and then maybe ask the provost to name the third. Um, All Uh, of our Baylor family constituents will attend a listening session. And then they're also invited to complete a survey that's available on our website. The survey asks the same four questions that we cover in the listening session, and the survey is open to anyone. So if parents want to complete one, if an alum wants to complete one, we welcome their great ideas. We also will be soliciting, or are soliciting, I should say, white papers. Uh, which are uh, 500-word summaries of work that is going on across campus. This is a place for big interdisciplinary ideas to be put down on paper uh, for the strategic planning group to consider as a potential direction uh, for the for for our plan. So this is this is for cross-cutting ideas, uh, and we're simply asking for uh, kind of a high-level description of what the initiative is that's being proposed. Why should Baylor do it as opposed to some other school uh, and who's involved? And so that will be also a way for us to think about more broadly across the institution what are some areas that where there is some energy uh, around moving a particular initiative forward. One thing we know for sure is that the strategic plan won't be implemented um, if we don't have support from the people that are going to do the work. And so that's one of the ways, reasons to look towards these white papers as a, as a source of, uh, of ideas of work that is either going on or people are beginning to think about where there's some energy around that idea that would make it potentially powerful for Baylor. And correct me if I'm not thinking this the right way, but I think of the the signature academic initiatives like health, data sciences, these interdisciplinary areas where it looked like we had momentum to build. Is it kind of along that line of thinking? That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Um, and, um, I mean, we have um, a lot of people that are, are have developed initiatives within those academic initiatives in Illuminate that are now going to come forward. Uh, in this iteration of our strategic plan, I shouldn't call it an iteration. In this strategic plan, 
uh, some of the work that came out of Illuminate uh, is likely, I think, to rise to an initiative that we'll want to pay even more attention to in the new strategic plan. This is Baylor Connections. We are visiting with Provost Nancy Brickhouse and Tiffany Hogue. And, you know, there's a, there's at least two key elements to a strategic plan. One, there's the, the vision that, that comes from it. But then there's also the process, a good process that helps get you where you, you want to be. And, uh, Tiffany, I'll start with you. Let, let, let's talk about the process. What are some things we learned from Illuminate or Profuturis that, for lack of a better term, are like best practices for, for going about this? Sure. Well, we learned from both of those plans that we – have terrific faculty and staff and stakeholders who have great ideas. So we were very intentional about creating a listening phase that invited ideas and input from our Baylor family around the world. So we began the listening phase with a listening session with our Board of Regents at their July retreat, and then we will conclude the listening sessions in November. Uh, Then we will go through a period of discernment where we're looking through all of the data that we receive from the white papers, from the surveys, and from the listening sessions, and we begin to make recommendations to the President's Council about the initiatives that we think we should include in the new plan. The Provost and I serve as liaisons between the President's Council, which is the senior leadership group at Baylor, and the strategic planning group. And I always say, if we're doing our job well, no group will ever be surprised. Everyone Mm -hmm. always knows what's happening. Uh, We'll be making decisions about what should be included. The group, uh, the strategic planning group, will be writing the plan. And then our charge is to deliver the new plan to President Livingstone by mid to late April of next year. She will, in turn, present that plan to the Board of Regents at their May meeting in 2024. You mentioned the word d- discernment. Obviously, you're going to be sifting through really a, just a massive amount of probably a lot of really good ideas, a lot of uh, really great thoughts, and, and, and try to figure out what's the, the best for either one of you. I mean, what, what, what does that process mean to you, and what do you anticipate as you think about, about that? I know there's a long way to go to get there. I mean, I think that um, one of the things that we're also doing is is listening not just to internal constituents, but also to external constituents. So one of the questions that we're talking about in our listening sessions is kind of drawing on President Livingstone's inaugural remarks, uh, where she came out with the phrase that we now hear a lot, the world needs a bailer. And uh, it's just such a beautiful uh, statement of kind of the aspirations of Baylor. But we're now asking kind of the follow-up question, and that is, what does it need Baylor for? What is it that Baylor is uniquely positioned to deliver on uh, that is something that would meet the uh, the needs of the world? And so our discernment process will be both about looking at what is desired within the Baylor community, but also how it fits with the pain points in the world. And so, and I guess I have to also say, I think it'll take a lot of prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's, it, it's going to be difficult decisions because you're, you're making decisions between competing goods. And um, those are the hard decisions. Uh, give somebody a choice between good and bad, and that's that's usually not that hard, mm-hmm. um, but but that's the that's the kind of decision making that that will take place. But um, I think um, you know, with the good guidance of of uh, my colleagues and with 
alignment with our mission that that we can we can make some good decisions. And by the way, a strategic plan isn't or not like they don't tie it shouldn't tie your hands. Things can come up that you see as an opportunity. But you don't necessarily have to walk away just because it wasn't in the strategic plan. Right. I think an example of that would be who could have ever predicted COVID. (laughs) Right. You know, we launched Illuminate in 2018, and COVID wasn't, thankfully, on anybody's radar at that time. Mm -hmm. But through COVID, of course, we've all learned so much about resilience and also about online teaching and new ways of working. And all of that was not articulated in COVID, but we're learning from those uh, experiences now, and we're working and teaching and forming our students in new ways because of that experience. So our new plan will try to be specific enough to provide direction while also remaining flexible enough to help position Baylor well to be uh, available to meet needs that we don't yet know about. Well, to that end, you use the COVID example. You know, obviously that wasn't anywhere mentioned in, in Illuminate. But what do, when you're dealing with complex issues, does it give you a framework to kind of start thinking about these things? Is that what is that? How would you is that the way you describe it? It absolutely yeah. does. I mean, I think one of the things that we've done uh, over the last several years uh, that has been most impactful was instigated by COVID, and that was changes in the in the way that we did chapel. Oh yeah. Uh, when we could no longer put all of our students in Waco Hall uh, and give them a single chapel experience, uh, we developed multiple ways of delivering a chapel experience, and we're retaining that because we think uh, it's better for our students. That's a great example. I think we have more than 40 different chapel opportunities now. They can be grounded in your major. If you've articulated a major, they can be centered on your home faith tradition. They can be grounded in your residence hall and None of those options were available to the provost or to me when we were students. So I think we've become more willing to try big ideas and to, as we say, you know, kind of fail quickly and acknowledge that and move on. But I think we're a little more creative in our thinking as a result of what we've all had to learn through COVID. This is Baylor Connections visiting with Tiffany Hogue and Dr. Nancy Brickhouse. And so we had in the final few moments on the, the program, I want to revisit a couple of these, uh, the, these thoughts here as you visit with the Baylor family and, and then look towards next spring. Would, would you mind, uh, Dr. Brickhouse, again, just kind of sharing that, that timeline, the, just the key, the key spots on the timeline with us? So the uh, listening sessions should be complete uh, before folks go home for Thanksgiving. And uh, we'll be analyzing the results over the next few months to decide what will go into the plan. Uh, The strategic planning group will be meeting to look at the data that's coming out of our various forms of listening uh, and making recommendations to the President's Council. Then uh, the writing will be done in the spring uh, in order to be ready to present to the board in May. So by May of 2024, uh, the plan should be completed and affirmed by the board. And then the important stuff happens, Mm -hmm. and that is the execution. Absolutely. That'll be here before we know it, for for sure. Well, as we wind down, too, I'm asking, as as the Baylor family has their opportunity to to speak into this, like you said, whether it's listening sessions 
whether it's online or even I'm sure as you get probably people come up to you with informal uh, thoughts and ideas, th- those four pillars again, people can use those as to really kind of shape their thoughts that they put down on, on paper or that they talk about with others. Absolutely. So first and foremost, we remain committed to our Christian mission. Nothing in the new plan will alter that. In fact, we think we'll come up with initiatives that even strengthen the way in which we live out our Christian mission. Number two is our commitment to transformational undergraduate education. That is a hallmark of Baylor, and that will continue. Number three is our commitment to remain our one and to support our research and scholarship in the ways that our faculty need. And the fourth is to uh, maintain our commitments to human performance through the arts and athletics. That's wonderful. The great uh, great uh, ways to think about that as people consider different ideas to share. Well, Dr. Brickhouse, Tiffany, I really appreciate you taking the time. I know it's a really busy stretch with a lot of great things happening here at the university, but I know you all are busy, and I appreciate you taking the time to share with us today. Thank you so much, Derek. Thank you, Derek. Wonderful to have you both. Tiffany Hogue, Chief of Staff, and Dr. Nancy Brickhouse, Baylor University Provost, co-chairs of the Strategic Planning Group guiding Baylor through the year-long process in shaping the next strategic plan. I'm Derek Smith. Thanks for joining us here on Baylor Connections. A reminder, you can hear this and other programs online at baylor.edu slash connections, and you can subscribe on iTunes. Thanks for joining us here on Baylor Connections. <laughs>